Welcome to another episode of Doe's Nose. Got a great show for you guys today. My friend Troy Reynolds from Australia. He helped me get that big buck you guys all saw on my social media. And he's going to give us all kinds of tips and pointers and and stories. I can't wait for you guys to hear and experience what I got to experience down there. Big shout out to all my sponsors. Um, GoPro, uh, those little tiny cameras that you guys all get to use and play with. You know, they're helping people uh, visually capture and share their lives. For more information, go to GoPro.com. Uh, you can f- also find them on social media, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, my friend's down at Hurley, Bob Hurley. We all know he's a good friend of mine. Uh, you know, Hurley makes the best board shorts on the planet, hands down. That's why we all wear them. Uh, but there's much more to the brand than just their clothes, from their partnership with Nike to their work on clean drinking water. And, you know, they have also a great team of, of pro riders from John John Florence to Chris Moore and many, many more. Hurley is the brand of now and tomorrow. For surfers and anyone else getting interested in getting in the water, check them out at Hurley.com. Kona Coffee and Tea, where I get my morning crack every morning, right in Kona on Polani Drive. Go see the girls in there. Malia and Gabby, they'll hook you up with a big old cup of joe grown straight from the slopes of Hualalai. And you might even see me down there. That is Kona Coffee and Tea. Uh, you guys all know I'm a big fan of the ocean. Uh, that's why I picked the Big Island to be my home because of its amazing waters and killer climate. But if you're going to come over here, I want you to go see my boys down at Kona Boys. Frank and Brock been serving up gear for a long time. Go see him down at the Beach Shack at the King Cam Beach Hotel. Get some stand-up paddle boards, uh, surfboards, boogie boards, bicycles. They got it all. Snorkel gear. Um, or go down to Kalakiku and see him in that shop. Uh, if you go in there, tell them you heard this on Doze Nose, you get 15% off. Or go to their online store at konaboys.com. Punch in promo code Doze Nose, and that's 15% off. So go check those guys out. My friends in Venice Beach, Deuce Gym. Yeah, they are the best gym in town. So if you're in Venice, go check them out. They've got all kinds of workouts you can do from cardio to CrossFit to strength training to strongman training. That's Deuce Gym in Venice Beach. Also, Original Nutritionals. That's Original Nutritionals. These guys aren't your regular meathead supplement brand. It's just pure basic and essential food and supplements to support what they call a clean athlete lifestyle. My buddy Logan founded the company with a food-first approach. So go check them out at OriginalNutritionals.com. These guys know how to do it right. And just for listening at checkout, punch in promo code DOZNOS gets another 15% off. So that is 15% off at DOZNOS, Original Nutritionals, and Kona Boys. You eat to get 15% off. Great show. I'm excited. Let's get to it. Troy, you got some stories for us. Let's hear it.
Yeah, everybody, welcome to another episode of Doze Knows. I am here in Australia. Good day. Good day, mate. There you go, mate. I'm sitting here with my good friend Troy Reynolds. Um, he is the producer and star of the Venatic series here in Australia, which is it's gaining massive popularity as one of the best hunting videos out here on the southern hemisphere of uh of australia and dude it is you know i'm i came out here to australia mainly you know to go do some podcasts with some of my friends you know up on the gold coast and stuff for the competitions down at bells but the thing that i've been looking to most is coming down here and hunting with you we're both bow hunters you're a badass bow hunter dude we are sitting in your trophy room right now and it is unlike a trophy room I've ever seen before. There are axis deer, monsters. There's rusa deer. There is fallow deer, which you helped put me on. We'll get to that a little bit later. There is red stags. There's sheep. There's just everything you can think of in here. Um, it's packed, bro. I am so jealous of you. I want to be like you so bad. Yeah, there's plenty of hours in the bush, those. Um, yeah, what can I say, mate? Just enjoy bow hunting and um, really rap by it. And yeah, definitely love it. Just thrill by it. Yeah, now um, you're 36 years old. Um, your main job that helps put food on the on the table for you is you're a tile layer. Um, yeah. What is a tile layer? Um, we mainly do sort of mosaic swimming pools. So after the renderer goes in there, does his bit and we sort of go in there and lay our mosaic tiles and yeah, bit of epoxy grout, mate, and they're swimming weeks later. Right, I love it. Now you're about to go to Hawaii. You're yeah. gonna come out my neck of the woods. Yeah, that's right. And do a killer pool out there. Yeah, that's right. And then you're gonna get to hunt with us. And uh, we're super, super excited to be able to return the favor for what you've done for for people like me and Shane Dorian and Dave Wassel and uh, speaking of those guys, you got you've taken these guys on some incredible hunts. I've been super jealous. I've been watching these guys come back with monster racks, you know, and it's just it, they're incredible. Yeah, Rusa deers. Yeah, it has been a great experience. Yep, so as surfing as a young bloke, um, you know, looking up to I suppose Shane Dorian and a few of those other big names, and then to actually meet him and take him bow hunting was you know amazing, really. So. Yeah, and then took Shane out on a great rooster hunt and showed him the game round. And yeah, he was fortunate enough to get a beautiful rooster. And um, yeah, he went back super happy, really. Yeah, yeah. What about Dave? Yeah, Dave the same. He came out. He's definitely a character. And um, yeah, there was never any downtime with Dave. Awesome is, bloke. Is he not the king of the one liners or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. He's a very quick witted bloke. And. Um, yeah, awesome to be around. Now um, we all know Shane is is um, as fit as they come as a human being. You know, he's one of the best, if not the, I would say, me personally, the best big wave surfer on the planet, bar none. Um, you know, he trains heavily for for hunting and for surfing and um, CrossFit. The way he eats is just pure perfection. 
that yeah. goes into his body. And I heard he gave you quite a nice little grocery list <laughs> <laughs> before he came. He's like, yeah, mate, uh, can you get me this stuff? Yeah, he said, you can score me some of this good stuff out here, mate. <laughs> Bit of a list there. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, um, I sort of realized that when he did give me that list. I thought, yeah, being a um, professional, I mean, athlete, I suppose he had to eat right and all the rest of it. And Yeah. yeah. What, what, it, what, what was the list? I think there was like, um, chia yeah, and almonds and fruit and nuts and stuff and plenty of greens and yeah, yeah. because he knew you know you got to have all those greens yeah. to go with all that great meat that we were going to be bringing home and be eating. That's right. Yeah, off of these animals. Yeah. There wasn't a carton of beer on the list, that's for sure. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, these guys are awesome. They're my best friends. I'm so stoked to be here with you. And uh, a little bit more about yourself. You're married. You've got two kids. Yep, two kids, Jack and Sienna. They're nine and six. Yeah. Um, yeah, they love they love their sports and stuff. And Jack's starting to get into a bit of bow hunting now. And yeah, he enjoys getting out in the outdoors and having that adventure. Yeah, and what are you teaching him whenever, whenever you're, you know, because he is young. Yeah, that's right. And yep. and part of what we're doing is, and a lot of people find this wrong, what we're doing. Yeah. Um, we're always going to have a lot of haters. And, and, and if there are haters that are listening out here, I, I kind of want you to understand the reasoning why we do what we do. And, um, and uh, you know, maybe you can kind of explain how you explain to your kids what we do and how, you know, you want them growing up doing the same yeah. thing that we do. Well, I was brought up, I mean, my grandfather, my father, uh, fishing, hunting, all that sort of stuff, providing, you know, Just fish. like most kids. Yeah, that's right. Fish and meat. Um, yeah, we just went out there and whether it was catching rabbits or going fishing and then it sort of led from there into, you know, I mean, bow hunting. I suppose that deer hunting is a... Yeah, it's not really um, recognised that much in Australia, but we got into that. And, um, yeah, deer meat is very good meat. It's very clean, full of protein. There's not, not a lot of fat on it. No hormones. That's right, no hormones. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just clean living, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, because, you know, what a lot of the people, you know, they eat, they go to the grocery store. This is typical human being. That's right. They go to the grocery store, they buy their meat at the deli. They don't know where it's came from. Yep. They don't know how it's been handled. They just trust that store. That's right. Yeah. And um, and reality is, you know, it's it's gone through a lot of processes just to get to that store. And most of these animals are are raised in pens um, their whole entire life. They're stuck yep. just to be fattened up for us. They're given hormones, um, all kinds of gnarly stuff that what they eat is what we get. Yeah, that's right. We're getting those same hormones. And um, at least with the animals that we're out there, you know, culling ourselves, uh, we know that it's clean, clean meat. So Yeah, definitely. No, you can't beat it really. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons why I hunt because I know I'm putting good food on the table. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, I have nothing against vegetarians. Um, they're awesome human beings. I've dated a couple of them, but <laughs> I normally can't date them that long because they don't <laughs> like the meat that I'm bringing home. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, to each his own, to each yeah, his own. Right. Yeah. But, uh, Hopefully nobody hates us after this, you know, and hopefully they understand us a little bit better. Yep. But, um, 
you know, so you started bow hunting when you were uh, 21 years old. You're 36 right now. Yeah, that's right. Well, yep. what kind of got you into bow hunting? Uh, I was always into hunting, like I said, hunting and fishing. Uh, I had a mate that introduced me to a bow and arrow, and that sort of led me into bow hunting. We had um, massive population of deer through our local area. Um, yeah, and we, we went out in, into the mountains and sort of hunted the deer and sort of bought the meat back and... Yeah, we had big barbecues and stuff, so, yeah, it was just something we got into, and, yeah. yeah it's exciting. It's exciting, yeah. That's the thrill of, you know, getting out in the bush, and you just, everything else is sort of put aside, everything, work, anything else, out the window, and, yeah, you're in the bush, you're having an adventure, and, yeah, you're having, yeah. having yeah. a hunt. Yeah, that's one of the best things for me, I think, about getting out there, is, you know, we live in cities, you know, even if you say, hey, I live in a small town and whatever, yep. it's still a city. There's nothing like getting out there where there is not another human yeah, around. Yeah, that's right, yep. And it's nothing but animals. And you've taken me on a trip this last week. Uh, you've got a lease that you took me to, and um, it was incredible, dude. It was, there's the deer that we went out for was the red stag and the fallow deer. And these animals are amazing. It's the middle of the rut right now. You want to explain the rut, what the rut is? Yeah, the, the rut is the middle of um, the breeding cycle. So the does sort of go on heat and the stows that stags are sort of fighting for possession of the girls, uh, roaring and croaking through the mountains. So and what does a croak sound like? It's just a belching noise that the fellow bucks make. And uh, yeah, that sort of echoes right across the valley. Um, and for someone that hasn't heard it, you know I mean, yeah. just can an you, awe experience. You, you've, I've heard you do all kinds of sounds. Can yeah. you do a croaking sound? Not a croaking, but I you know, can do plenty of female calls. Like you got a red red hind. Yeah. And you got the they got the fellow fellow doe. Yeah. So it's just different ways of sort of calling in deer at, at the right time of the year too. So you know I mean you've really got to assess the situation when it's brought to you and then um yeah whether you're rattling antlers or you're doe calling the deer yeah it's just a you know, different method of, of hunting the animals and yeah we use all these methods to to get them now we we went in there the night before and we set up camp and it was a madhouse because it is full rut and when it's full rut the animals are making all of this these noises like you said the croaking the roaring from the red stags and it's it's the whole from that quietness of pure still to an eruption of just animal madness out there looking for their mates as many mates as they can fighting off all the other guys and here we are in the dark and we're in hammocks now understand here in australia people Everything here can kill you, okay? It's crazy. From the spiders to the snakes to the crocodiles, um, everything. It's scary as hell. And you brought me out there. You're laughing your brains out because I'm in a hammock, just petrified. The noises were so loud. I thought they were going to, they're fighting right next to us all night long. And you're laughing, and you're, then you're finally snoring. I did not get any sleep. How can? How do you do this? I think we just bored up with it, and um, it's just one of them things, really. Like, yeah, just bored up with it, and just the normal. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, when when you woke up the next morning, because I stayed up all night long, and um, you, you got to understand, I'm exhausted. This last week and a half of being out in the bush, traveling everywhere, I maybe only got two hours of sleep a night, and my body's just drained. Hawaii, I'm coming back home tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when we woke up, uh, first thing, you know, these animals are just roaring. There's a red stag. There's probably like six of them, but one was really close to us. Um, the fallows were all around us. You know, immediately we saw, you know, six bucks. Immediately. Big bucks. They were all walking around. Um, and then we we kind of heard a fight going on. You want to? I'm going to let you tell the story of of how you took me up into this zone where I was able to make the final kill on this thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, first up in the morning, yeah, we were cruising along the creek edge, and all of a sudden we did hear a couple of bucks start fighting. So instantly I said to Doze, let's go, mate. We've got to go real quick. That's, I mean, we've got to try and get in position here. So we sort of took off up the mountain. I think we're about 300 metres away from where all the action was sort of going down and we headed further up, up, up into the hill and the fight just continued. And, and while we were going up, another buck, because those fights attract more bucks. That's right, yep. Yeah, there was um, another two other bucks that sort of come in from the side to see what was going on and we sort of had a look at those and it wasn't really what we were after. Uh -huh. So, I mean, we, we, we let them slide and then just kept on going further to the noise. Um, and as we approached, we eventually sort of got sight of these um, two great-looking bucks just fighting on this it uh, was full grassy flat. Dude, it was National Geographic stuff. Yeah. I'm talking these guys hauling back on their back ends and then bam! <laughs> Yeah, yeah they were getting stuck right in. It was absolutely crazy. Do you have your rattles around here? Like, grab a couple of those horns right there yep. so that these guys can hear what this bashing sound sounds like. And it is amazing, people, because it lights up the whole entire forest. And so we're coming over this hill, and then all of a sudden we hear this. And I'm, I'm shitting my pants. You know, you see all these other animals coming, and, and that noise is just going on. These are antlers that are bashing against each other, just being smashed. And, uh, and all these does and smaller bucks are sitting around on the outside. And Yeah, just watching on with the fight, and I suppose the girls just yeah, wait to see a victor. And, and then, uh, yeah, we sort of moved further into probably, I suppose it would have been about 40 meters off yeah. all the action, right in behind a tree. And, yeah, we've got does in a really good spot to sort of up for a shot. Um, then the, I mean, the fight sort of broke up. The two bucks sort of, I mean, sort of faced off to each other and walked parallel to each other further down the hill and they sort of looped back around to about sort of 30 or 40 metres. And, uh, yeah, we are just able to give a, you know, a small doe call and that propped the two bucks and they propped yeah, and looked I'm, back. Yeah, because I'm sitting here going, when can I shoot? You know, don't pull back. You're like, don't pull back. Don't pull back. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, but these things are, are starting to walk now, you know? And finally you're like, okay, pull back now. Whenever you're ready, I'm going to give that call. And then you gave that call. And yeah. what happened there? Yeah, they they pretty much propped and gave Doe's a broadside shot. And, um, yeah, Doe's took the shot. And, yeah, it was a, you know, perfect shot. The buck was sort of, you know, 
was down in no time and yeah. I think he went twenty yards. Yeah. Twenty yards, he did a big circle and you know, it was it was over and done with. Right yeah, that's there. right. Yeah. But it was amazing because I used um I shoot a Matthews bow. Yep. I know uh you shoot a Hoyt. Yeah, that's right. My good friend Kevin Hibbard, um, amazing fisherman, and also becoming a guide over on the Big Island. He is, you know, that's his life, just like you, Hoyt bows. Um, now, I use the VAP arrows, and I use these things right on the very tips of my arrows, which are called a nocturnal. It's a lighted knock. And you had never seen those before, had you? No, no, no. And, really, no. and so when I let that arrow off, it was like a light stream yeah. in that morning, morning first light, and uh, and then you saw it just hit, yep. boom, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is done. Yeah, and right. I, you know, I kind of owned it. Like, yeah, I do this all the time. This is exactly <laughs> how my shots go. Yeah, and uh, it's just perfect heart placement, and it was good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, you only went short distance, and um, yeah. First, first buck, mate. Dude, I was, I'm still now, I'm so thankful. Yeah. You know, you worked hard. You got me in on that and, and quite a few other animals as well, too. And and we had an amazing day just climbing these mountains that were so big and so tall and steep. Yeah, that's right. Steep areas, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, was, yeah, I was I was winded. I yeah, was, no, it's, um, it's an awesome place up in there. Definitely, like. Yeah, there's so many animals and um, it's mag- magic scenery and yeah, awesome place. Yeah, I remember one of those uh, during the afternoon. We took a little mid. You took a midday nap. I'm petrified of snakes coming up to me. So and spiders, you know. So I just kind of sat up and kept attention. And um, but we're also on a really really steep slope. And uh, I remember right after we took a nap, you found one of the scrapes that the Rusadir did and you're like you know what we haven't done this in a while and you just grab those horns and you made a rattle and within 30 seconds we had a buck running straight at us yeah he sort of caught us a bit by surprise really coming real quick from the side and yeah just sort of come so he's only 25 meters I suppose yeah yeah that was absolutely amazing yeah. absolutely amazing now is that do you hunt the same way when you're hunting the red stag or the Rusadir yeah each each sort of Deer, so it's all different times of the year too. You change your tactics on deer, really. Like mm. sometimes you rattle it. It, it all depends on. You know I mean, that certain time of the year before they're breeding, you can sort of use rattles and calls to call them in. But as soon as they're right in the middle of that rut, or when the does are right in the middle of cycling, it's nearly impossible to call them stags or bucks away from them girls. So it's it's more a spot and stalk sort of situation. Right, yeah. and you know one of the great things about bow hunting is you know um we have to be better than that animal that's right for sure um, anybody can get out there with a rifle and just go pow you know from five hundred thousand yards away yep um but to be able to get out there position position yourself downwind of that animal yep and also you know be hidden as well too and know when to run know when to go freeze you know, and when to get on your stomach and, you know, whatever. To yeah. not be seen, to be better than that animal and get out there and then finally make the shot. You know, obviously we don't always make the shot, 
Um, but it's just that thrill of being out there and being able to do that and try and be better is just such an amazing feeling, you know. Is, yeah. Do you get that same feeling? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Um, but I think, yeah, I suppose it just comes down to hours being around animals and being able to work out, I mean, their, their, their behaviours and I mean, their mannerisms to be able to sort of make yourself get in real close and, and you know, take that shot, really, that ethical ethical shot what do you what do you think is and, and that's the only shots we're ever gonna ever gonna take yeah that's right is an ethical shot you know yeah. um the last thing in the world is we don't want that animal to feel any pain that's right no, so, definitely um you know it, taking a life is a serious thing and yeah. and um you know i always pay uh, you just like you saw me um i always give thanks and i pay respect to the animal yeah, after right. i have and um and and you know it's it's just something that i feel that i have to do because you know that life is life is important yeah definitely so, yeah um now do you sense well sometimes certain times a year to attract them to bring them in closer not really like i think it's it's just been um well, since i started bow hunting yeah I just spent hours and hours and hours really studying the particular animal you're going to hunt so I mean, and a lot of the times you're not actually letting off any arrows. You're just sort of studying what you're, you mean, know, studying your animal, and then um, yeah, getting in and eventually working out a, you know, I mean, a spot of sort of interception, and yeah, you get in there and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest animal that you've encountered hunting? The hardest one would be something that's had the most hunting pressure applied to it, really. Right. So it it's not sort of picking out one particular deer but i think um whatever you know, i mean animal has copped the most amount of hunting pressure they're usually the hardest to get right right yeah well i find you know coming from hawaii our our hardest animal to hunt is the axis deer yep. you guys call them call them chittals chittle yeah chittles yep chittles over here and of course you know we live on islands so they're they're pressured a lot but you know they're they're native to india that's right, yeah. And they're already sketched out as it is because of friggin' tires and leopards and, and everything that wants to eat them over there. So yeah. do you guys have that same, or you find them yeah, a no, little I, I definitely, to hunt? No, I definitely find chittle um, very hard to hunt for sure. They've got um, super sharp reflexes and they're always sort of ducking arrows left, right and centre. Um, yeah, they're definitely one of the hardest deer in Australia to hunt. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Without yeah, yeah, and um, you know, like I said, we're sitting here in your room here, and this this thing is absolutely amazing. Um, this is, you know, a lot of people are like, "Why do you have heads in here?" But you know what? For me, it's actually a remembrance. I'm remembering that animal. Yeah, you know, and I remember every single thing about that animal, about that hunt, how hard that hunt was to get that animal. I remember the meals that that. Thing fed us. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I I get a personal relationship with each one of these guys. Yeah, you know? yeah. Nothing goes to waste for sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, like you said, it is just a memory thing. And um, yeah. Now let's t let's talk about your equipment. Um, you're shooting a, a a Hoyt. What kind of Hoyt? Yeah, it's one of the Hoyt new carbon matrix bows. Um, yeah, super lightweight. The spider, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and really good bow, nice and smooth and quiet. It's a compound bow. Compound bow, yep. And uh, 
Uh, let's see. What what are you shooting? You're shooting around 70 pounds? <clears throat> yeah, around 70 pounds um, using the Zulu arrows. Um, they've got a, I mean, awesome um, carbon arrow that's sort of micro diameter. You know I mean, they've got that super strong outsert up front. This sort of gives you a little bit of extra weight and uh, penetration is never a problem with those arrows. And what's the grain that you're shooting on those? Uh, they're usually about just over nine nine grains per inch. Yeah. Um, yeah, we use those Ozcut broadheads. They're super strong broadhead. And those are made right here? Yeah, made here in Australia. In Australia? The Ozcuts, yeah. And yeah. Still arrows. And what do you, what do you like Australia. about the Ozcut? Ozcuts, uh, yeah, they're a small head. They're all one-piece machined head. Um, yeah, they're not... Razor sharp? Yeah, you get them razor sharp and, yeah, about 150 grain head. Like I said, you get, there's no problems with penetration and uh, that, that's what you want for a quick, clean kill. Right, right. Yeah. And um, do you have a certain release that you use, um, certain sights? Yeah, you use just the spot hog sights. Um, I so use the same spot hog sights. Yeah, that Carter Whisper release. Uh -huh. It's like a back tension release. Yeah. Um, so most of the time when your arrows are getting fire out of the bow, you don't know when they're going off. All you're concentrating on is holding that pin on the spot, and yeah, yeah, the arrows are there before you know it, more or less. Yeah, I, I've only tried that out um, from Shane. Uh, you know, I, I haven't got to the point of using one of those yet, so I, I just use the regular uh, clip hook release. Yeah. So okay. it's also made by Spot Hog. It's called the Wise Guy, <laughs> and I love that thing. It's it's one of the best releases around. Um, now, uh, you also, what, you know, tell me, you have started a pretty cool business. Um, it's a tough industry, but it's a brand new industry here in Australia. And, you know, I've seen your stuff. It looks good. You're disappearing. And for what people, in case people don't know, it's camo. And it's called Brackenware Camo. And tell us about this. How, how did you start? get into start making your own camo yeah well, my brother-in-law and i um yeah we've we had a bit of time with the idea of i mean releasing something a bit different to what's already out there um mainly i suppose the the camo itself the design we wanted something to i mean be able to blend into you know, I mean a lot of terrain um not only just sort of singling out one thing um and yeah We've come up with something and, um, yeah, we, we really want to sort of try and develop our own material as well as far as, you know, bringing something a little bit stronger into the material, like nothing, no one had ever, ever seen before. So, um, yeah, we've been working on this idea for quite a long time now. Um, there's still plenty of testing to be done and, um, yeah, it's early stages, but, you know, hopefully we will get it right and, um, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, I'm, I've seen you wearing it. And the design on it is really, really good. And, you know, it looks super lightweight, stretchy. Um, I've noticed that, you know, one thing about Australia is it is thorns galore. It, every My hands, my feet are ripped up. You know, anything you touch, you're going to get stuff stuck in it. All kinds of bull nettles and, and whatever your pants and your clothes are not snagging yeah that's you know right. they're yep. clean when you're walking out of there we're not seeing any pulls on that stuff 
Yeah. That's that's a good trait of good camo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just plenty of testing, and um, yeah, we're we're hoping to yeah really nail it the first time around, and hopefully bring something a quality product to the to the marketplace. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, what what is your favorite type of uh, of hunting? Oh, the rooster deer hunting would have to be my favorite. I sort of grew up around rooster deer, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, like for me, yeah, being able to sort of single out some of something and and then putting massive amount of time in to be able to get it and eventually sort of get that critter is um, yeah pretty rewarding for me. So um, yeah, I mean one one hunt that sort of comes to mind was um, this fella here. Um, sort of moved up to the north coast of New South Wales. Uh, I watched him for probably three years in a row. And uh, he, he wasn't big enough and I sort of let him go and all of a sudden he sort of got to this point in time where I thought, yeah, he's, he's definitely big enough. And So you, you get to sit there and watch him yeah. grow through their stages of life. That's right, pretty much, yeah. And, um, yeah, eventually sort of thought, yeah, I want to really put the time in and, and hunt this deer and, um, yeah, on that third year, I spent probably three weeks at the end of the season trying to get him, but I didn't end up getting him. And then it sort of got a bit too much. We ended up moving, pretty much moved from down Wollongong to the north coast of New South Wales. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I really wanted to get this deer. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think I remember you telling me the story about this. Yeah. And uh, I think you were married before, right? Oh, I had a girlfriend, yeah. You had a girlfriend. <laughs> and you wanted this deer so bad that uh, you ended up moving the family. Yeah, moved the, my young bloke and girlfriend at the time up north. I don't think I told him the exact reason, but <laughs> we went north. and um, She doesn't know this reason. No, nah, she never knew that reason. No, but, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, early on in the season... I sort of seen him a couple of times and then he disappeared. And then it wasn't until, I mean, I had a little bit of time off work and I spent, um, it was 23 days in a row uh-huh. I spent. And I, in that time, I only seen him twice. And, yeah, and I had a mate up who, who's seen the actual deal on the day before. And, uh, yeah, I realised that he was still there. No one, had, no one else had shot him. And yeah, the next couple of days I spent and, Eventually sort of sent him in a spot that I thought was great for a stalk. Sort of got down in a, in a creek bed and sort of got the wind right, edged further towards him and got into about 20 metres right on last light. And, yeah, made a made a good clean shot at about 20 metres. And Jeez. that stag ran probably about, I don't know, 40, 50 metres to the top of the hill and passed out on top of the hill. And, and it was really weird because he, as he passed out on top of that hill... His silhouette of that antler right. was skyline, and um, wow. yeah, it was a pretty mad experience, really. Wow! And it took you three years. Yeah, that was three years. That that, that stag, yeah. Wow, that so was a lot sort of, of work. Yeah, he means a lot to me. That one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, just like when we were on this last hunt, um, I ran across this one buck um, that was just, oh my gosh, he was just amazing, and I kept running across him and couldn't get close on him couldn't get close and he was such a mature such a mature huge buck and that final day um i just got another buck 
and I came across them, and I got to 40 yards. The wind was perfect until I got right to 40 yards. All of a sudden, it did a little swirl, and then boom, he just went, and boom, he was gone. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it was total my dream animal. I pray that, uh, you know, he gets to hang around until next year when I come back. And and I'm using you on this one. That's our main priority is uh, to use your talents to get me on this guy. So what about, what about this black buck right here? Where did you get that? Yeah, these are um, over in South Australia. We sort of got onto a good little spot over there, and yeah, um, very fortunate enough to get a bit of access there. And um, yeah, they're, they're a very tricky animal to hunt. Great eyesight, uh-huh. very sharp. Um, yeah, and luckily the terrain sort of enabled me to, I mean, get in and get close on these animals. Um, I suppose if it was very open, like a lot of their main terrain back where they originally come from, um, it would have been a total different ball game, but. Because that undulating terrain, yeah, I was able to sort of get in and and sort of get the job done on a few of them, yeah. Right, and one of the great things that you've been teaching me on this trip is how to get close closer to these animals. Because, you know, I'm used to, you're kind of blown away because you're, you're like, wow, these guys are taking these huge, long 60, 70, 80 yard shots on animals. Um, we feel comfortable like that, but you feel comfortable getting in super, super close. Yeah, which is obviously you know going to make for a better shot. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, it just blows me away how comfortable you are. Just boom, 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 and how you just get in there. Yeah, yeah well, I suppose it just comes down to so many hours in the bush, and yeah, you eventually sort of get to learn how they react, and yeah. Now this deer right here, what is this one? That's a hog deer. A hog deer. Yeah. Well, tell me about the hog deer. Yeah, the hog deer um, from down on the east coast of Victoria there. Um, you've got to get your tags pretty much just before, well, this month actually. And yeah, um, I see the tag right on us here. Yeah, yeah. You can legally hunt them in April um, in designated areas. Um, so, yeah, the, big, uh, the month of April we get down there and we put a little bit of time in on those. They're only a small deer. Uh-huh. Probably only so they come up to your hip in height. And where are they from? Where do uh, they they're from um, India as well. Okay. Um, they hang out with the chittle deer and the sandy deer. Right. And those um, are all Indian deer. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And the rusa is actually a Java. Yeah. Yeah, from Indonesia. From in- Indonesia. Yeah, that's right. And it's a very big deer. Yep. Um, the red stag is from yeah, Europe. Europe way, yeah. Yep. Okay. That's right. Um, fallow deer, also European. Yeah, that's right, yep. Yep, or Hungarian, yep. Yep, and so, uh, you know, that just shows you that these are all animals that are not native to Australia. That's right, yeah. And w- what are they doing when they come over here, you know? Yeah, well, they were introduced back in the 1900s. Um, the rooster deer were, you know, introduced up in the National Park here back in the 1900s. And since then, they've sort of spread right down the coast. Um, and they're spreading fast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they've spread in big numbers and their numbers have built up and... They do sort of come in and take over areas of the um, the native native wildlife in this country. So, yeah, they, they are they do pose a, a threat to them as well. Um, you know, into the natural vegetation we have here on the escarpment and stuff like that as well. Um, and they they wreak a lot of havoc. You know, when they're yeah, they raking do. up trees and 
and yeah. they, they'll just eat trees completely down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if the, the numbers get up a fair bit, then they will. They will come in and um, tear up the vegetation through particular areas and, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty amazing. Um, and we have the same type of situations in Hawaii where, you know, our, our deer, our sheep, our pigs, our goats, nothing is native to Hawaii. And uh, so we're, we're definitely having those same type of issues over there. And um, we're both on islands. Your island just happens to be a little bit bigger than mine. Yes, yeah, You've got some crazy native animals over here, too. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, there was times where there was thousands of kangaroos everywhere. Yep. You know, so you're trying to get on a deer, and they're hanging with the kangaroos. And these things are everywhere. And uh, and then you've got foxes that are most beautiful foxes, but they're everywhere and they're yeah. running rampant. Um, let's see, we were sitting. I remember sitting next to a big hole in the ground. You remember that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom! Like a tank going fifty miles an hour, this animal just comes racing out of this hole. Yeah. What what, the, what was yeah, that, so, dude? It was obviously a wombat just cruising around, having a bit of a feed, more than feed, and um, yeah, he would have copped a fair bit of our scent, and um, yeah, probably he would have got just as shock as what we probably did too. Yeah, so those things are just like giant balls, workout balls. Yeah, that are fast, man. They're crazy. Yeah. Apparently, they're pretty strong too. Huh? Yeah, they are really strong. Yeah, and then you've got koala bears or yeah. koalas because they're actually not even a bear. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, everywhere we are at home, it's like, oh, that's the cutest little koala bear, and it's not even a bear, and it's a little mean bastard too, isn't it? Yeah, big claws on him. Yeah, I wouldn't like to give him a cuddle. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess the only time that you can cuddle with these things is uh, when they're super high. They're stoner animals. Yeah, and uh, they eat all the eucaly- eucalyptus leaves. And it gets them super high. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's the only time you can hold them. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah, crazy, dude. And then uh, I saw wallabies. Wallabies are actually cool. Yeah, they're a lot um, more placid, sort of smaller version of a kangaroo, I suppose. And yeah, they sort of keep to themselves a bit. And yeah, kangaroos. And there's there's two different species of the wallaby. There's the yeah, there's a few. You got like a rock wallaby or a swamp is, wallaby. The rock one's pretty cool. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's got there stripes are, on it. Yeah, big dark sort of. Yeah, I suppose he looks the same sort of color as a wombat, really. And he's a lot solid animal. Uh huh. And then hangs up in the cliffs and that a bit. But yeah, the other wallabies sort of hang down on those plateaus. And you've more. got every bird in the world over here, dude. The sounds of these birds. I've never heard anything like it before in my life. Um, you've got parrots and birds. I can't even pronounce the names to birds that whistle. That full. You, you didn't even know what that bird was. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is that? And it sounded like some dude whistling a tune. <laughs> you know, over and over and over. It was pretty crazy. Um, the what are those big white parrots called? Cockatoos. Cockatoos. Yeah, yeah. Dude, those things would flood fields there'd be so many of them yeah that's right yeah they're, they're a bit of a pest in some areas yeah for sure sort of digging up seeds of the farmers and stuff like that but, yeah. um yeah they blow plenty of stalks as well yeah and now you guys also have a platypus yeah which is poisonous yeah they got like a poisonous spur at the back of their foot there and 
Yeah, if they uh, hit you with that, then um, yeah, you're in all sorts of trouble for sure. And they look so cute and cuddly, like a little yeah. beaver with a duck bill. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, a little marsupial. Yep, but um, yeah, they could be yeah quite painful if you pick them up the wrong way for sure. Yeah. Now you've yeah. got other things that'll kill you here too. Yeah. Um, you've got giant water buffalo. Yeah, that's that are right. some of the most deadliest animals on the planet. Yeah, they're. A Big beasts that live up in and around Arnhem Land. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, a lot of the Aboriginal people, they hunt those for, you know, that's their main sort of food source up there. Right. Um, but, yeah, they they sort of, yeah, they, they are They're unpredictable. Like two, and yeah. 2,000 pounds, yeah. That's right. Yeah, they are a big animal. And um, if you provoke them the wrong way, then, yeah, they can run you over. Yeah. Now, are you you're still trying to, you got one right here on your wall, on your ceiling, because it's so big. Um, is that something you're still trying to get as close as you can on, or you're like, hey, I want to step uh, it off I think, a bit? Um, yeah, I think it's every situation is different, and um, yeah, I think if if you can, the closer you get, the the better it is for. I mean, your shot angle and the and the. I mean, it opens everything up really. So yeah, if if um, you can keep moving in and think you're not going to be detected, then um, yeah, you just keep going in. I'd be shitting my pants. I'm like, I'm shooting that thing at. A hundred yards away, yeah. where you can't see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also a pretty big target too. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, now, snakes. Have you ever ran it? You've you yeah, we've had plenty of um, snakes. snakes yeah, you got yeah. the brown snake. Yeah, the brown snake. Yeah, I remember a counter there a few years ago. Um, we're hunting rooster up in central Queensland, and I was actually walking through this swamp and. Sort of, you know, I could see the rooster on the other side of this swamp, and I've sort of walked in, and I've just looked. As I was sort of looking to my left, taking a few more steps, and then all of a sudden looked down, and here is probably about an eight-foot brown snake, like probably less than a meter away. And they hiss. Yeah, they, yeah, they're they're like only a small portion of that venom, and um, yeah, it would have been probably dead under five minutes, really. Wow, that's crazy, yeah. and they chase you too. Yeah, if they're been sunbaking all day and they're all fired up and you get right in their zone, yeah, that they can really fire up and give you a bit of a chase sometimes, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty scary. And then you've got the red-bellied black snake. Yeah, red-bellied black snake. Yeah, they're a little bit quiet, so they're not as um, poisonous as what the brown snake is, but, um, yeah, they still look cranky. and, yeah. and um, Tiger snakes. Yeah, tiger snakes. Yeah, there's plenty of them sort of on the... East Coast too, and um, yeah, they're a bit of a cranky snake as well. Yeah, but most snakes do sort of get out of the road. Like yeah. they can sense you there, especially Ex- bow hunting. You're sort of moving a little bit slower, right? Except then, for the death adder. Yeah, well, luckily I haven't had too many experiences with them. So he, he likes to just park it right yeah. on the trail, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screw that little guy. Yeah. Um, spiders. Yeah, spiders. Yeah, we no shortage of them around here. The old funnel webs. Um, He's uh, he's one that can sort of pack a little bit of punch, and um, luckily, yeah, there's not not a lot encounters in the bush really. Right, with spiders. Um, now with the funnel webs, because we were sitting at camp, and one came through our camp, and you're like, "Oh, there's a funnel web," and I'm like, "Kill that thing!" And you're like, "That's <laughs> right." Um, do you zip everything up? Make sure just for that reason, because you know funnel webs can kind of ruin your day. Yeah, they could. <laughs> we don't sort of. Well, I know I don't, and I know a few of the other, you know, boys that hunt with they don't really. Well, I haven't really noticed them zipping stuff up. So, 
Well, I was in a hammock, and this hammock had like a mosquito net yeah. over the top with a zipper yeah. to keep all the little creepy crawlies from getting into me. Yeah. And I couldn't sleep. You know, the animals were roaring and raging everywhere. And, and I remember it was probably about 2 o'clock in the morning. I'd finally gotten just maybe an hour of sleep. And I woke up, and the top of that tent is maybe four inches from my face. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I see something on that mosquito netting. I'm like, what the heck? My eyes, you know, had to focus. Then I realized it's a spider that's as big as my wide open hand. <laughs> and I just shit my pants. I'm like, what the fuck? And I just smack that thing straight over towards your tent. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> you're welcome on that one. Thanks for bringing me out there. And uh, yeah, it was scary as hell, man. Spider webs yeah. that just go from big giant tree branches all the way down to the ground with. You know, these giant spiders that want to eat birds. You yeah, know, yeah. The birds aren't, aren't small around here either. No, they've got, got plenty of big birds around here, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's pretty nuts. Um, but, you know, we've, we've, we've just started the mating, mating season. We're, we're right in the middle. Um, oh, before we get to that, I remember a story you told me because it was snakes. Um, you played a trick on our good friend. What a shame, tell yeah. that story, Shane yeah, Dorian. Yeah, well, because um, he's petrified too. Yeah. We live in a place that have no snakes. So yeah, Shane. Um, before he came out on his first hunt, um, mentioned to me a couple of times in an email. He said, "Oh, what do you what do you, what do you reckon about them snakes over there? Do I, should I bring some gators, snake gators?" And I said, "Oh, I said, oh, I've never really seen any snakes there, Shane." I said, "Oh, I wouldn't probably worry about it." Anyway, I sort of couldn't help myself and I sent him a couple of photos of some big brown snakes. Like, this is probably weeks later. And, and then he kept on asking me, oh, I think I'm going to get those gators. And I said, yeah, okay, yep, yep. So it, it just kept on going on with a couple of emails and I thought, oh, well, I had a big plastic black snake that was sort of, I mean, it was a perfect looking snake. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to get, sort of stitch him up here. Right. And... Anyway, we, we went on this rooster hunt and um, out of the blue, we just seen this massive snake. It was actually a black-headed python and Shane just sort of looked at me and he went, I thought you said there was no snakes around here. And I said, well, mate, I said, I didn't never seen any before, so it's a first for me, you know. Yeah. He's like, shit, look at the size of this thing. It was massive. <laughs> he just, he was standing back. He was just, he just looking from a distance going, he just couldn't believe how big it was. Anyway, that night, um, we got back to camp and, Shane was heading heading down to the creek to get a bit of water and I thought, oh, here's the perfect time. So I grabbed this big rubber black snake and sort of set it up just inside the tent door. It's right. all curled up in a right striped position. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And um anyway, I, I went back to the fire and I'm having a beer and I sort of forgot about it. And anyway, Shane sort of come in and five, ten minutes later, he must have went over to his tent and um unzipped the tent and he's just yeah, he just shit himself, just, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I said, what is it, Shane? And he's like, fucking snake. It's just the size of that thing. It's massive. <laughs> and I'm like, where, where? <laughs> we snuck over there and grabbed it and 
sort of threw it up in the air and yeah. pretend like you were fighting it. Yeah, yeah, he did. He Save just called us an asshole and all the rest of it. So yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, thank God you didn't do that to me because I would have punched you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our friendship would have been over really quick. <laughs> you fucking bastard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's you know I'm glad you guys are having a lot of fun out here and stuff doing this and. Um, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do this without uh, one of our good friends, Adam Bossy. Yep. And Adam, you know, he's such a good kid. He's yeah. uh, he is totally into this, and he's a good hunter. Yeah, yeah. Good guide, and um, Adam brought us together so that uh, we can all do this stuff together. And, yeah, for sure. And it's been pretty awesome. Thank you, Adam. And thanks for being a great host and uh, letting me stay at your house and driving me around and and uh, yeah, you're you're an awesome, awesome dude, dude. Yeah, he's and, a good bloke for sure. Yeah. Now um, we're gonna wrap things up here. Um, let's see, uh, Bracken Brackenware Camo. How can yep. people find this? Um, www.brackenware.com. Um, it'll be soon be to re- released. Um, and it's spelled. B R A K E N. That's it. W E R A R. Um, we're still in you know, testing our prototypes, but hopefully, sort of mid mid this year, we'll have everything launched and uh, underway. Get you guys over to the mainland, right. over to the US, to the SCI yep. big conventions, show off your camo. Yeah, for sure. We'll be over there doing a few of those shows and, yeah, definitely getting over to different climates and testing out stuff beforehand but um yeah now, what about your um your your videos that you guys come out with the Venatic? yeah the Venatic one and two yeah you can buy them um australian bow hunting media um dot com today you um they're forty dollars each and um and if yeah. you guys want to see some incredible hunting of of where troy goes and some of these amazing animals and hunts that will blow you out of the water. You definitely got to see these videos. And um, now you, we can also find you on social media, Instagram. Yeah, Australian Bow Hunting Media. Um, and in case you guys can't understand what he's saying, because they do talk funny, <laughs> these Aussies, it's Australian Bow Hunting Media. <laughs> and uh, is that the same on Facebook as well? Too? That's right, mate. Yep. And, um, is there anybody you want to thank? Um, Terry, I'd like to thank you, mate, for coming along and doing this um, podcast. Yep. Thank you for and, uh, taking me out there. Yeah, no worries. Um, um, yeah, love to thank my wife for putting on me, that's for sure. Yeah, that's the most important one, you know, because um, the amount of time that we spend out there away from our families. Yeah, that's to, right. You know, to be able to come back and feed our families and our yep. friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need special support like that. Yeah, definitely. So, yep. Um, cool. Well, I want to thank my sponsors, um, Hurley Clothing. Love those guys. Um, we're going to start working on some really cool camo stuff from, from them, I hope. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, GoPro. We can film all these uh, little hunts and episodes in GoPro. Uh, Kona Coffee and Tea. On the Big Island, that's where we get all our good coffee that, uh, you know, gets us all jacked up in the morning so that we can go out and do what we do. Uh, Kona Boys, the best surf shop on the Big Island. Um, you can find them at konaboys.com. 
go check out all their gear. They've got two shops, um, one down in Captain Cook and one down at the King Kamehameha Beach Hotel right in downtown Kona. Um, Deuce Gym, Venice Beach. You want to get ripped? Go see these guys. Go see, ask for Logan and uh, see what he can set up for you. Original Nutritionals. These guys aren't your regular meathead supplement brand. It's good food, clean food for your body. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Mike. Um, thank you for, for taking care of me out here. And uh, I'm super, super excited to uh, come back here next year. Yeah, no problem, mate. You're always welcome. Thanks, brother. Um, a hooey ho, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Aloha. If you don't know, now you're Everybody knows those